welcome to Eat, Sleep, Move, a podcast devoted to helping you lose weight, get healthy, and have an amazing life. Here's your host, Wendy Wallace. Well, hello there. I know it's been a really, really long time since I've brought you an interview. But about a month ago, I was on Twitter and I saw that Tony Horton, you know, the guy who does P90X or to me, actually, he's the guy who does my very favorite workout program, Power 90. He had posted a link to an article about a woman, the woman you're about to hear, that I thought was so cool that I was inspired to revive the podcast. So let's get to it. Like so many of us, 72-year-old Betty Lou Sweeney spent years battling her weight. As a child, she lived in several foster homes and endured abuse. Those childhood wounds, along with the stresses of life, fueled a sugar addiction that led her to gain a great deal of weight. At her highest, she weighed 250 pounds. After spending years dieting and then gaining the weight back, plus more, as well as dealing with various serious health issues, at age 69, Betty Lou knew she had to make a choice, either lose weight and get healthy or die. On her own, she began to slowly lose weight. But when she connected with personal trainer Dave Cantra at her local gym, things began to dramatically change. Over the course of three years, Betty Lou lost 115 pounds and became healthy and strong, So strong, in fact, that in 2011, she broke the world's record for holding the plank position for 36 minutes and 58 seconds. Within this interview, Betty Lou tells of how she lost the weight, how much exercise has changed her life, and offers inspiration for us all. Enjoy the interview. Before we talk about how it is that you lost the weight and where you are today and how you're feeling today... I want to go way back to the past. Um, When I was reading your story, um, something struck uh, struck me because I feel like it's something that I contend with myself often in that you had a really painful childhood and um, many things happened to you when it came to um, living in many foster homes and the abuse you endured and the way people treated you obviously left deep emotional wounds. And when I was reading that, I thought, you know, no one could blame you for um, looking for a sense of comfort in food. And I'm wondering if you can talk about what it was like for you throughout all of those years of going back and forth in your mind between in those moments wanting that comfort And yet at the same time, wanting your life to be different and knowing that if you could change the way that you ate, that you would feel better physically and you would lose weight and that could lead to self-esteem. But in those moments, just wanting to feel better. Well, as a child, I'm not sure I thought that way. I mean, I was told so many times, you know, you're no good. You're even, even your own parents didn't want you. Um, which, as I got older, I found out wasn't the case. We were taken from them, but that was not a memory that I had. Um, I found that out in my adult years. But as I got to be an adult and fighting with the weight problem, it was a a constant struggle. Um, I would get the weight off, and then slowly, as soon as I would hit my goal, then I would just slowly, it would come back. And, of course, it never just came back. It was always that plus a few extra pounds. So pretty much, you know, on these yo-yo diets. And it was frustrating, and I'd get back up, or then I'd start having health issues, or someone would say something that would trigger me to want to lose weight, and I'd get it off again only to have it come right back on. Um, but this time has been different. (laughs) Right. Right. Um, 
Well, and I want to talk to you about the the way that you feel differently about food these days than you did back then. Um, and so I'm I'm just wondering if you can elaborate a little bit on that difficulty that you had. I mean, what do you think it was because um, because there was a part of you that that was still kind of dealing with the emotional stuff that oh, you were definitely. carrying. Definitely. So when so then when you would lose the weight, it, it would be kind of a different feeling of feeling better. But then you would go through stresses and then and then put on the weight again. You have it. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. So then so okay. So here's the thing though that I'm curious about. As the years went on, um, for you, so I think you know it's it's a different kind of um, a situation when you're going through that yo-yo dieting when you're in your 20s and maybe when you're in your 30s but then once you hit 40 you know things start to shift so can you tell me what what you noticed changed over the decades as as you got older in terms of uh, of being a yo-yo dieter or um or losing and gaining the weight uh, you know how did how did it take its toll on your body, and how did it take its toll on you emotionally? Um, well, when I had the weight off, people would always make very favorable comments, which was good. But you know, if something happened, whether it was um, I was in my forties when I went to back to school um, to become a nurse, and you know, as I would get stressed out, then I would just eat. And that was, then the weight would come back on, and I'd always think, well, I've, I've gotten it up before, I can do it again. And then I'd get up there, and somebody would say something negative, or I'd start having health issues. Um, the first one I noticed was arthritis in my joints and how painful they were. And, you know, people would say, well, you're getting older, you know, that's going to happen, you know. And it always seems like America has got these nice, pat little um, alibis for you. It isn't something that you've done, you're older, you're going to ache. You know, you go to the doctor, um, well, it's arthritis, you're going to have that with aging. We've got a pill for that. And... I had gotten up, so I was on 26 different medications. And it took me almost dying before I thought, you know, this is enough. I, I cannot do this anymore. And then I got the weight down, and I have given up the foods that have made me fat. I just don't eat them anymore, and I don't miss them, which is very cool. It was hard at first, but... Um, I think going with a personal trainer has really been a big thing for me because it was somebody that I'm accountable for that is going to see to it that I'm going to not give in this time. Right. And I wanted to ask you both about your, about the food changes that you made and your workouts, but let's, let's go back again just, just before we get to that. Um, I wanted to ask you one other thing too about about the past before like this is like pre pre you being sixty nine and having the bladder infection and then making the change. Okay. Um, I'm kind of curious because now that you have um, you know gotten so passionate about fitness, you must have an insight now into the difference between what it feels like to feel disconnected from your body versus being really in tune with your body. And so I'm wondering if you can talk about um, what it was like for you, again, like, you know, eating the food that you were eating and then feeling the, the arthritis and dealing with the physical issues and basically having this kind of tug of war going on with your body, um, you know, kind of being disconnected from it in in a large sense, but yet being forced to, um, pay attention to it when it was in pain. Can you talk about what that was like for you? Um, well, when I was had these food addictions, and, and that's exactly what they were. Um, I had a huge sweet tooth, and I, I loved my sweets. And I would eat them to the point that I would actually feel sick because of the amount that I consumed. 
And then I would think, you know, I, I, I really can't keep doing this. This is making me not even feel well. Um, there were times I, I actually threw up afterwards because I was so nauseous from the amount that I ate. And then now, not choosing to have those kind of foods but eat healthy and having starting out by measuring my foods, and there are times that I still will do that. If um, my weight goes up a couple of pounds, and I'll go right back to measuring my food. And uh, I go, okay, you were creeping up a little bit on um, uh, portions there. And, of course, then the weight would come right back off. But I'm so much more in tune now to how I feel. And um, I'm, the scale wouldn't even have to go up. My first thing is, you know, well, boy, these slacks aren't fitting quite the way they were. And I got rid of all my old clothes. So I've got size fours, and they're either going to fit. Um, I'm, like I told Dave, I'm, I'm bigger than a fit. I'm going to have to join a nudist colony. And <laughs> I don't think I'm going to join a nudist colony, so the weight's got to stay off. And he just laughs at me. But he has been so awesome in working with me. And, of course, I work out with him three days a week yet. Plus, I work, have to work out on my own the other four because my workouts with him are so strenuous that if I didn't work out on my own, I would not be able to keep up with him to the point that where he's pushing me now. So I've become much more in tuned and I find that I feel good. You know, um, when I'm done eating, I, I, well, I eat slower. Um, I don't necessarily feel full right after I eat, but, as I get going, I'm aware that I am full, um, so I'm I'm not having hunger pains. I'm not cheating my food. My doctor had me write down what I ate, and she goes, "Oh, you are eating so healthy." She goes, "You're my poster child," as she refers to me, and I just kind of laugh. I said, "Poster child? I'm in my 70s." <laughs> <laughs> and she goes, "Yeah, but Betty Luda, she said I would give anything to have." Some of my other patients following your footsteps, but I was deathly afraid of surgery. Anytime I would have any medical intervention with surgery, if there was something that could go wrong with me, it did. And so I had actually talked to one of the surgeons that I work with about having the gastric bypass surgery, and he had approached me and asked me, "Well, when are we going to do this?" And I'm like you know, I have got to try this one more time on my own. And this time it has been a success. And in taking care, I I work on a post-surgical floor. So I've taken care of so many patients that are having issues post um, the gastric bypass surgery that I am so happy that I did not go that route. Because now I, I just feel good and you know, I see these patients, and of course, they've got the loose skin issue, and your insurance doesn't pay to have that removed, and my skin has all gotten tightened up. I mean, people look at me, no way have you lost over 100 pounds, um, because my skin is all toned from my workouts, which to me is amazing, because I was 69 when I started this journey, and I really didn't expect this, but I've actually got six-pack abs. <laughs> and I, I want to ask you more about that. But again, let's go back to the beginning. Um, like when you were 69, you were 69 years old and you had a bladder infection. So yeah. here's here's what, what also comes to mind. I think that sometimes when we put on a lot of weight and we eat to to disconnect from our body and our feelings, in a way, it's kind of like a slow suicide. And so you were at a crossroads or a juncture, I guess you could call it, in your life where you were so sick. Um, it's almost like you made the choice. Like it's like there was a – you could have just let yourself go and and just kind of given up and died. Um, but you made the choice then to actually live. Can you – talk about that that time and I mean were you consciously aware that you made that choice was that a kind of conversation you had in your head or what what was going on around that time 
Um, very definitely, it was a conscious um, thought that come there. My when my kids came to see me, and I saw my husband sitting there at my bedside, and the worry on their faces as they were looking at me, and I just thought, you know, they deserve better than this. Mm. I have got to do better. I I can't be playing these yo-yo um, diets anymore because I, I think I was shocked at how sick that I had gotten. Mm-hmm. And um, having my doctors, whom I really love, tell me that, it, you know, with the weight and everything that, that all had helped me get to that point, I just thought, I, I can't keep doing this. And so... That was the big um, thing in having me sign up with Anytime Fitness to start working out. And then when I plateaued and I just couldn't get it off by myself, and I was afraid to push myself harder because of all the health issues, and I thought, I'm going to end up hurting myself because this is not a field of expertise for me. I don't know what I'm doing. And that's when I... um, hired a trainer to start working with me. So, and, but before, before you went in that direction, you, the very first choice that you made was to change your eating um, before you even started working out. And I'm I'm going to ask you too, because we talked a lot about food and your past issues with food. Um, What about physical activity? What, what was your, you know, routine or what would you do, um, you know, in the decades past in your twenties, thirties, forties, I would imagine you were busy, right? I mean, you were a mom, right. you were working. I had my, my three kids in our earlier days, we were on the farm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I had, um, a lot of work there. We had a big yard, um, milked the cows, um, helped out in the field. And then I got allergic to the farm and we moved into town and then all of a sudden I just didn't have enough to do and so I think you know with boredom too I would start but even before that I had been fighting my weight in you know in high school and as a youngster and that so it just kind of um I don't know I'd I'd get bored or you know upset about something or whatever but I would always go to food, <laughs> right? And I liked my sweet, so and you you just can't eat that kind of food and stay healthy, <laughs> right? Right. So then, so your first decision, after you know, after you got through the bladder infection, was to change up your eating, which obviously was a huge, huge thing for you to do. Can you talk about? what that was like in those uh, those first days, the changes that you made and um, what you went through to make through, make those changes? Um, well, my first step, I have a, a very close friend at the hospital that I work with that um, is a dietitian. So I had asked Jenny to help me. I said, let's just say for sake of argument that I'm a diabetic and the doctor has asked me to lose weight can you give me a diet that I can live with? Because as a nurse, I knew that if I could keep my blood sugars from spiking and dropping, that that would be huge in satisfying me. And so Jenny had given me a diet that she has given to newly diagnosed diabetics. And I wasn't a diabetic yet. I was borderline diabetic is what my doctor had told me, but I hadn't flipped over into that as an actual diagnosis or being treated for it yet. But uh, Jenny was very willing to help me. So that was the start. And it was hard when I would go past um, the ice cream aisle and I'm like, no, you, you can't do that. Or, you know, the sweet bowls or that. And I'm just like, no, keep walking, keep walking and don't, don't do that. You've got to get this off, you know. And constantly I was hearing my cardiologist say, you know, you shouldn't be here. There's no way 
through, you should have lived through this. And so hearing him say that was kind of like a constant reminder for me that I had to stay strong and I had to do it for my family. So that was my um, strong point right there to help me through it in the beginning. You know, looking back in retrospect, can you tell me, because, you know, kind of beating a sugar addiction is really, really difficult. How long do you think it took from the time when you really changed up your your diet to the time when you really felt like you got through, you know, the throes of of um, of giving up sugar and and uh, and it became a little bit easier for you that you didn't you, that your body had I guess became accustomed to not having sugar. That took pretty much that whole first year, and I remember at that very first Christmas. Um, I had not had any sweets and we were at my daughter's house and she had made some pies and she had an an apple pie there. And she's like, well, mom, you can have a piece, you know, that's not going to kill you. And I had a piece and I was shocked. It took me the better part of a month to get over that craving Mm-hmm. And so that's when it hit me that I really cannot go back to eating that kind of food. Um, I did another time since then, and the same thing happened. It's just a struggle for me that mentally I really have to think about it and be strong because as soon as I start eating that kind of food, I crave it. Right. And it's like, oh my gosh, <laughs> you know, so I just don't eat it. And my family now knows that I really have to struggle for a, a good month afterwards. So they don't push me anymore to eat it. They're like, well, yeah. And even my coworkers are like, well, being that way, yeah, no, we won't encourage you then to eat that, you know, just, just a bite. One won't kill you. And I'm like, it might. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it might. Um, okay, so so then tell me about the, the, so you weren't eating sugar anymore, but what were you eating? Okay, I switched over and I started eating a lot of raw vegetables. I would nibble on carrots, sticks, um, uh, pea pods with the, the peas in them. You, you can even buy them at the store anytime, you know, at this time of year, even with I put a snow on the ground. You, I can go to the grocery store and get them. Um, I was I was just having healthy snacks, and um, for my cereal, I had gotten so that I was um, I got multi-grain Cheerios. I would measure out my one cup and have them in a little baggie. So if I felt like nibbling, there would be my cereal. So I wasn't adding any calories, but I would branch them out through the day. So by eating that, I was incorporating that into my calories that I had allowed myself. And to start out with, I was sticking right around 1,000, and then I had to go to 1,200, and right now I'm about at 15. (laughs) Okay, okay. And so I've had to increase my calories just because of my workout because I burned so much more. And, of course, I've Changed a lot of my fat cells to muscle cells, so you know. Just the, I told Dave, I said I'm starting to get hungry. He goes, Well, then we're going to increase your calories, and of course, he told me what to eat to increase them the right way, so that I didn't put on the weight. So right now, what is um, kind of a typical day like for you eating wise? Okay, um, I will have. Um, those egg beaters um, on some mornings. On others, I'll have my cereal. Um, I always have um, some yogurt, and I've, I use the low-fat yogurt. Um, most of the time, I've got the 50 cal, but I do like the Greek yogurt, and I will eat that, but I will take the low-fat Greek yogurt. Um, so I'm, I'm very much into reading labels these days. Um, 
So um, my bladder does not allow me to have juices. Um, I've got bladder issues there that will probably be with me forever. Uh, so I, I don't drink the juices, but I will have like an orange or half a grapefruit or, you know, something like that. So I get my fruits in every day. I make sure I get my vegetables in. Um, I buy the frozen vegetables a lot that I can microwave. And I like those, the, the microwavable ones. But again, I will avoid any that have um, the cheese on them or something that's going to increase the caloric intake. I just make sure it's just the vegetables. Don't eat a lot of corn because, again, there's a lot of starch there. But I will choose the broccoli, the cauliflower, um, the peas, that type of thing. Um, I, I will have a potato, usually the red. And so then I'll have, like, I'll leave the skin on. Um, depending on the size, if it's a small one, I'll eat the whole thing. If it's a medium, I'll cut it in half, and I'll only have half a potato. I don't put any butter on it. Um, usually, like, the juices from the fruit, the vegetables that I eat, and then I've got a seasoning that is a non-sodium seasoning that I use, so I eat it that way, and I've gotten used to enjoying the food for the way it tastes without adding all these extra calories. I don't eat Miracle Whip anymore, you know, none of that stuff that, again, would add just um, a lot of empty calories where I'm not getting the food value. Um, I do all my documentation on the Anytime Health website. So as I put, was putting food in to begin with, it would keep track on how many carbs I was eating, how many starches, the fats, and uh, the proteins. And then it would tell me to increase these or decrease that. And I've gotten, so I'm pretty darn good at getting them right in the middle of each one that I'm supposed to have. And I find that by eating that way, I don't get hungry. Um, I'm able, I eat because it's time to eat. I don't wait until I get hungry because by that time it's really too late. And I'm always, you know, I will eat usually 8 o'clock in the morning, noon, and then about 6 o'clock at night. And if I want a, a snack at night, I'll, I'll have that. It's always a fruit. And it's at bedtime. Um, about 7 o'clock at night before bedtime, actually. But um, I've allowed, I've allowed that. I haven't eaten that during the day, so it's there. Um, very much in tune with the, the number of calories and the carbs and the proteins that I have. Because of my workout and my age, Dave told me I need to have between 120 and 130 grams of protein, and I make sure I get it in. And I can't always get that in by eating the foods. So I do have a protein shake that I will have. And that makes sure that I get my proteins in. My meats are either um, white chicken breast, and they are skinless and boneless. And I've got a cooker here that I can cook them in where any fat that's in them just drips away, and yet they are very moist. And so I'm not frying anything like that. Um, I'll eat my fish that way too, as well as the pork chops and any or pork steaks. And any of them, I make sure that there's hardly any visible fat on them. And again, anything that's there, it just cooks it away and drips it down in the bottom so the food isn't sitting in it. And this is just the way that I have changed my cooking where I used to like um, side stuff or you know, and I would eat it that way and have the gravies on it and all of that, and I, I don't anymore. And it's gotten to the point where I, I don't miss it. So, and I feel so much better. More energy. Um, you know, my health issues have pretty much all disappeared, so that's great. <laughs> I, the other thing, too, that comes to mind when I listen to you is that it seems like you have a, a fairly 
like um, a, a varied kind of menu, the foods that you pick and choose from, but um, it's still, it's still um, I don't want to use the word limited. Uh, that's not quite the right word, but it, it just sounds like you're not constantly thinking about food. Um, not only are you not focus like you know dealing with a lot of cravings but you you know you know your go-to foods right you know what pro right. the proteins your favorite vegetables um you know how much you know by now you you know probably without even having to measure like what you know what portions you're needing to eat that kind of thing so has it been a time for you to um like also kind of stop that battle with 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 food as well yeah, I I don't feel that there is an ongoing battle going on now, um, except if I break down and have a cookie or something. Then, you know, I'm. It just shocks me at how much then my body is just like, ooh, that was good. <laughs> I want it, right. and I'm like, no, you you can't have it because that's what was your undoing. So. And I really don't miss it as, as long as I don't take it. You know, I've been, the craving isn't there. And like the last two Christmases now, then with the family, saw all that food, didn't bother me a bit. Not to have it. But, okay, and, and I want to ask you, I want to move on to talking about your workouts, which are, you know, it's a really exciting topic, and I know you're passionate about it. But here's my final question about food. After having used food um, for years to deal with stress and emotions, um, was it just a matter of like, was it when you look back, right? Was it just a mental thing in that when you changed your mind, you no longer needed food to um, deal with stress and emotions because you had other motivators and other motivation, or I guess now, I guess, you know, maybe the other part of that question would be, how do you deal with stress these days? Oh, if I feel stress, I just go over to the gym and give myself one heck of a workout. And when the workout is over, I'm dripping wet um, and the stress is gone. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, okay, so let's go back. So you came home um, with with the diet that your friend had created for you. You started changing up your eating. Was Were you just completely focused on changing up your diet at that time? Um, when did you begin to start working out? And tell me then how it is you found your way into the gym. Well, um, in the past when I had lost weight, I had joined another gym and really got discouraged at, at that gym. And it, I was in my 50, I was about 50 at that time. Um, I know in high school, I always enjoyed gym, uh, except when my weight was up. Then I didn't like it because they made you wear shorts. And of course, you had to undress in the locker room in front of everybody, which afterwards, we always had to shower, which I didn't like. And I was always self-conscious about that. But um, when I was 50 and I had joined another gym and then asked a trainer to start working with me then, and she told me, you are too old, you are too out of weight, you're too out of shape, you are too overweight, you're wasting my time, your time, and your money. Wow. Because all you're going to have is all this loose skin hanging there, and you're not going to like how you look anyway. Uh. So I quit. Right. And so when I had started to lose the weight this time, because I had so much to lose, I thought, I'm going to have to get moving. Or, you know, I kept hearing what she had told me. And I thought, yeah, well, I've got to do what I can at least about it. And so I started, um, when anytime fitness opened up close by my house, I started out. And when I went there, all I really knew how to do was, walk on the treadmill and so that's what I had done and I got down to about 200 pounds and plateaued and that was it it was not budging and a couple of the people from work had known that I was walking on the treadmill and they wanted me to do a 5k with them and I'm like what in the heck is a 5k 
And they're like, well, it's about three miles. And I'm like, three miles? Are you kidding me? <laughs> and so in training for that, that's how I started working with my trainer because I thought I'm going to end up hurting myself and I'm not going to be able to work and I have to work. So that's not an option. So Dave in the beginning was just working with me to get me to be able to get through a 5K. And I know my first 5K, it took me an hour and about 17 minutes to do it. I ran some of it, if you want to call it running, but ended up walking most of it and couldn't hardly breathe. I mean, it was rough, but I finished it. And we just kept going. And my last 5K that I did last year, I finished in 32 minutes. Wow. (laughs) Wanted to get it down to under a half hour, but I just couldn't quite do it yet. (laughs) Right. But that's my goal for this summer. Awesome. Awesome. So I'm kind of curious about when you started going to the gym on a regular basis, um, were you – tell me what that was like for you in that – did you like really quickly begin to start in like enjoying it and enjoy how you felt? And was that the time when you really became in tune with your body? Um, I did not enjoy it until I started working with a trainer. Right. And I, when I first signed up with Dave, I, he laughs yet because I was shaking so bad Um, because I kept hearing what this other trainer had done, and I'd been watching these trainers for about two months, and I would always hear him being very positive toward these overweight senior citizens, and he always seemed to be smiling and, you know, encouraging no matter what. And I thought, well, I would give him a try. But as I'm signing that first-year contract... (laughs) I was shaking so bad. Actually, the first one wasn't even a year. I went three days, and then I went three more days. And we started out that way, and now their contracts are for a year at a time. But in the beginning, it wasn't that way. Um, But I was so afraid that maybe I hadn't seen something, maybe I missed something. But he was always very encouraging, and I know they got this one seat where... You can raise the seat up, and he wanted me to sit on that and just stand up. Well, there were no arms on this seat for mm-hmm. me to help boost myself. So he would actually have to take my hand and help me up. And if I stood up six times in a row, I could barely make it up that sixth time. Mm-hmm. And uh, he just kept in encouraging me, and as I was getting better, it started getting to be more fun, and he makes them fun. So I think that was a big thing for me in that I actually chose a trainer, and, of course, I've had to be accountable to him, which helped me to keep things going. He sounds amazing. Oh, he is. Yeah. It's good that you guys got connected. Yeah. So I told him that, to me, he's, he's like a grandson. He's about three years younger than my youngest granddaughter. So he just sits right in there and he is so caring and so dedicated and so patient that I have just really enjoyed. I I just really love working out with him. So tell me um, how far you've come on your own. When you first started going to the gym, you were on the treadmill Tell me about your workouts. First of all, tell me about your workouts with Dave now. What are they like? What's a typical workout like? What is my typical workout now? Okay, I will go on the treadmill, and he wants me to run at least a quarter of a mile to get warmed up. Um, Then I'll get on the bike and bike a, a mile to get the hips and the legs and everything warmed up good. And then he goes, okay, are you ready to go? So then we go into the room and we will do 30 seconds of high knees, 30 seconds of butt kickers, 30, a, a minute of running in place, and then we're ready to go. Um, we do the mountain climbers. 
um, he'll have me do a minute of them, and I've got to jump up on my feet and then jump up in the air and back down, shoot my feet up, back up, and just keep going. Um, we do a lot of um, sumo uh, squats. I've got the weights on my shoulder. I'm up to like 85 pounds where I put the weights on my shoulder, and I'll start out first with the, the sumo squat, squatting down 10 times and back up. Then I'll come to a regular stance and do the regular squats, and then the narrow stance, and we do them. Um, I've got the overhead bar. Betty has me jump up, grab a hold up, and I do my pull-ups there. Or he'll have me bring my legs straight out in front of me and cross my legs over, so I'm doing my ab workout with that. Um, we've got what we call the, the TK bands, and on... Those, they're just uh, a straight band. There's no stretch to them, but I lean into them, and I'll come down and do my push-ups on them so they're harder to do. It's a harder workout. He has me do the push-ups on the floor and also um, off of a bench. I've got a bench that I jump up on, and I have to do 10 of them, and it's at least knee-high. So I'm giving it everything I can, jumping up on the bench, back down, up, and, and he'll have me do anywhere from 10 to 20 of them, depending on his mood. Um, <laughs> depending just, on his mood. Yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of a, a steady 45 minutes nonstop. Wow. And then at the end of that 45 minutes, then um, we'll go into a cool down, and then he'll help stretch me out so I don't get the cramps. But... Um, there are, I'm still, there's times that I'm like, oh, my gosh, Dave. He goes, you can talk. You're not working hard enough. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it, it's just, for me now, it's just fun. And um, my goal now is to not say that so that no matter what um, he puts me through, I just get through it. And then he's like, Great job. You really gave it today, you know, and you see his big smile, and I always tell him that that smile is to die for. So we've really become great friends. He's 23, and I'm almost 73, so that's the difference in the age, and it's just great. Yeah, uh, that, and that's amazing, and that, that I think for, you know, anybody who listens to this or anybody who aspires to be a personal trainer just like, you know, the impact that somebody who is just kind and passionate about what it is that they do, the impact that they can have on, on someone, and he's a, a testament of that. That's amazing. Yeah, and, and I didn't even know that as I was watching him work with other senior citizens, and I just really liked the way he worked. And the day I walked in his office to ask him to be my trainer, I didn't know that until months later. But he had been at any time for three, four months, and it was just clients that he was showing how to use the equipment, and he didn't have anybody that had signed up with him to be a trainer. So the day that I walked in his office, he was actually online looking to go back to school to change his career because he thought, I'm not making enough money doing this. It's just It isn't working out. Wow. And when I walked in his office that day, he thought, well, judging by her, she I know she doesn't have a clue what she's getting into. She'll probably last two weeks max. So I'll put off school till then and we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. And as we bonded and the weight came off and that and people saw what he was doing for me, He's so busy now, he doesn't know which way to turn. Ah. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's awesome that you guys could help each other. That's um, that's very, I, very cool. I told him, I said, the Lord just meant for it to be. It right. just worked out. So tell me, um, the wor- what, what kind of workouts do you do on your own? Um, I will do a variety on my own. I, this morning, my work class, my graveyard. So then I came in. And I ran my 5K on the treadmill, and then I went on the bike for another mile. And then I got off, and I will do my push-ups, my pull-ups using the free weights. Um, I love the free weights now. I hated them at first. And then they've got the very machines there that 
can work your legs, your abs, and that. And I'll just kind of go through. Um, I'll do my plank because I'm trying to get my plank back up there. I tore my hamstring oh, two months ago, so we're coming back from that. But I'm I'm able to run at a five, and I even did a six today for about a minute. And I have been running like between a six and a seven. But then that leg is a tires and that knee just wants to buckle on me. So then I'm kind of forced to slow down. But it's getting better. It's getting there. And he's well, pushing me now, too, to work that muscle. So it's gradually coming back. And my doctor that I saw for that said he just figured I would need surgery. And he was just amazed that I didn't. And he said when I he saw me when I come in there and 72-year-old, a sports injury, he goes, there's got to be a misprint here. (laughs) (laughs) So Um, you mentioned the plank, and I wanted to ask you about that because oftentimes when people really begin to get passionate about working out, one of the challenges or or one of the things, it's not so much a challenge, one of the things that they're constantly searching for is the next challenge, something to keep them motivated. So tell me about your experience going after the world's record of holding a plank and tell me about how all of that came about in the training and what that whole experience was like. Well, as I was working out with Dave, once a month we would have our assessment. You know, we still do. Actually, now we're going three months in between them. But he would have my the assessment where we would do, you know, he'd weigh me, do the measuring and um, he'd have me do different things, and the plank was one of them. And I had gotten up to three minutes, and, you know, Dave's like, wow. And I'm like, what do you mean, wow, three minutes? And he's like, Betty Lou, I don't think I could hold it for three minutes. Well, then, of course, that was something I could beat him at. So then I started to really work at it, and I got up to seven minutes, and then I'd get up to ten and everyone's like, oh, my gosh, are you kidding me? So then I started getting curious, and I went online to find out what the Guinness record was. And at the time, it was, I'm thinking, like, 28 minutes or something like that. I don't even remember anymore. But I thought, you know, I'm getting close to that. And I showed Dave what the record was, and I says, I want to beat that. And he's like, okay. <laughs> So we worked at it, and the day that we finally beat the record, we were going to call in, and I went online, and some guy from over in Australia had beat that plank record by, like, five minutes. Uh And so he was faster than me Mm -hmm. and longer than me on doing it then. And Dave's like, I said, it's okay. All he did was raise the bar. So that just means we got to keep working at it. Well, then I finally got to the point where I could, I planked for 37, uh, well, 36 minutes and 58 seconds. And at that time, we had uh, two people there watching me to make sure that I didn't go down and rest. I had cameras on me watching so my hands didn't touch one in the front. So my hands didn't touch another one on the side to make sure I stayed straight. And um, they videotaped the whole thing, sent it into Guinness, and um, I got notified by them that I had broken the world's record. And they sent me the uh, uh, thing here, so I've got it framed and hanging on my walls, and I'm in the Guinness Book of World Records. So, and I thought that was pretty cool. Well, since then, there is a guy that has broken that record, and um, but I said, well, that's all right. I. I achieved that. Right now I want to get so I can do 10 pull-ups. That's my next goal. Right. And I do two. <laughs> wow. They're hard. Yeah, they're hard. Are you are you amazed, like, at yourself? I'm just, like, you know, if somebody had said to you 20 years ago. I would have thought they were on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're smoking, but it ain't happening. <laughs> Because, no, I didn't I didn't set out to break any records. I didn't set out to do any of this. I just wanted to get healthier myself. And this has just been an amazing journey for me. 
just mind-boggling. Mm-hmm. Um, but does it also, um, you know, kind of make you, um, you know, really make you think like, I, I guess, and that leads to my next question about looking back in, in retrospect and thinking about all of those years. Do you Do you have those moments where, you know, you think like, oh, gosh, you know, if this had just happened to me when I was, you know, in my 40s or sooner, how dramatically different my life could have been? Or um, do you just kind of make peace with that, that things happened the way that they did and you're just really enjoying the present moment? Um, the latter. I have just, I, I just don't dwell on things that I can't change. You know, there's nothing I can do about the past. It's over, done with. People that were involved um, in my life negatively at that time are all deceased. Um, I'm like, you know, and also in this time, I had come to learn to know my Lord, and I'm just at peace with it all. And I'm just amazed now at and thankful for what I've been able to do to change my body and make myself healthier and, you know, just to be able to enjoy life now. I mean, I've got a four-year-old great-grandson, and he's just a delight. And when in the summertime, he he knows that I run. So he's like, Granny Packer, get on your mark, set, go. (laughs) And he'll take off, and I'll take off after him. And, of course, make sure that I don't catch up to him. And then he's like, I beat you, I beat you, I beat you. I said, yes, you did. Guess I still can't run fast enough. And his mom just, his my, my granddaughter just laughs. Because she's like, you, Grandma, you could so get past him. And I'm like, why, well, you can't. That's <laughs> <laughs> she's not allowed. <laughs> but I've, you know, I've, I've had the pleasure and, of course, it's got a lot to do with my age group, but I've had the pleasure and satisfaction of placing first in every race that I've gone in except one. Mm-hmm. Um, I ran in the Packer 5K this last year, and I took second place. And the lady that took first was one that I don't even remember what state she came from, but she's been into physical fitness all her life and has ran all her life. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. on that particular day... I was having an asthma attack in the race, and my older son was running with me, and he goes, Mom, do you need to stop? And I'm like, no, I I won't stop. I've got to push through. I'll, I'll make it. I'll make it to the finish line. But afterwards, when I saw what her time was, her time was like 25 minutes, and I thought, well, I wouldn't have beat it anyway. That's better than my best time. But again, it's given me a goal to shoot for. <laughs> right. And well, that's how I look at things now. And are you kind of amazed? Are there, you know, qualities about yourself coming out that that are surprising you? Like, you know, maybe competitiveness, um, you know, your your willingness to get things done. Maybe that you, you didn't know that you had kind of an inner athlete. Um, are there things that you're learning about yourself? That and my self-esteem has just soared. I was had such an inferiority complex growing up, and um, now that's gone. And in the past, if somebody would have asked me to get up in front of a group and talk, I could not have done it. And I have no problem getting up in front of a group now and talking to people. Um, I've done a lot of talks on this with people that have had weight problems like myself, or, you know, that are having issues, health issues, um, I'm telling them, I'm not saying that you can get rid of all of them, but you can definitely improve your quality of life. And it's not too late for you. You can do it. And they're like, well, I don't know. I've got all these issues. I said, you're still breathing, aren't you? Yeah, that's all it takes. <laughs> well, and, and but, I want to, oh, sorry, go ahead. Go yeah. ahead. Yeah, I just tell them, you know, you're going to start out slow, and as your body gets accustomed to it, you're going to be able to do more and more and more. So, And I told them it really doesn't get easier. It's just that what you're able to do now to stress yourself 
and strain yourself to accomplish is so much more than if you look back a year or two years ago, what the little bit it took then when you started out. And there's how you gauge yourself. I wanted to ask you about that, actually. Um, It's one of the final questions that I have for you in that what have you learned through going through this experience? Okay, let me back up because obviously as a nurse, right, you've seen people um, go through many stages of, of health and healing. And so you must you must have had, you know, made observations yourself about what the human body was capable of. But as someone who has transformed your own body and gotten healthier and healed yourself, what have you learned about the human body? Because and the reason why I ask is because I you know, we have these notions in our mind, like as an example, you know, once you, you're over 35, it's more difficult to lose weight. Your metabolism slows down, um, you know, all of these different things that as you get older, you're more frail. You're, you know, all of these different things that keep people from believing that they can go full out and, um, and, and have results because, because they assume that that's more for, they, they kind of miss their opportunity when they were younger. So what have you learned about the human body? I have been amazed at how the human body adjusts and that, um, you know, when when I started out, the little bit that I could do then and what I'm capable of doing now, it's just, it's kind of fun. I know um, one of the head people from Anytime Fitness, so he's, he's doing the, the advertising part of it, and he says, you know, do you ever feel like you've reached your peak? And I says, I don't know, because it hasn't happened yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just right. fun pushing myself and just seeing how far I can actually go. And um, when my doctor did a bone density chart, she goes, I am the first person that she has ever seen whose bone density has actually increased. Wow. When I've gotten older. And wow. Wow. That's just mind-boggling to her that I've been able to do that because she said she never worried about my bone density when I was heavy because I was carrying all that weight around. But as I started losing, then she was worried. But I'm so active now with a lot of the things. And, you know, I'm doing the jumping, the running, and all that stuff where I'm constantly putting impact on my bones and they've actually responded by getting stronger. So... It, that just amazes me. But going back to a nurse and seeing that, I actually work on a post-surgical floor. Mm-hmm. So when we would see people leave, they were still walking pretty gingerly because their um, incision would be sore. And I never actually got to see them unless they came back in with complications. Mm-hmm. Then I would see them again. And I would, that would used to be me, you know, I'd come, I'd, any complication that was out there to be had, I would find it. And now I just don't, you know, I, I just feel healthy and vigorous and I look well and people, I had to go through a lot of years of people, you're getting too dang skinny, cut it out, cut it out, cut it out, you're getting too skinny. I said, I'm not getting skinny. I'm healthy. I'm fit. Change the word you're using. <laughs> right. And, you know, now they look at me and I'm not having people say, you're too skinny. You know, you look great. And so, but they've gotten used to seeing me like this. And one of the biggest compliments, I think, is when my head nurse said to me, I can't even remember what you used to look like. So I brought her in a picture and she goes, oh my gosh, Betty. <laughs> She goes, can I keep this? I said, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so th- there's, um, you know, there, there's the belief or the theory um, that when it comes to weight loss, it's like 80% diet, 20% working out. Do you have any thoughts about that? What has been your experience? What do you feel as though has been the most crucial? I mean, besides, you know, the fact that you connected with Dave, which obviously was so very important 
Um, tell me about, you know, how, how diet and, and, um, and exercise kind of balanced out and how you feel they both work together. I think you need to work out. I think as you are dropping in the pounds, if you can change those fat cells to muscle cells, it's going to kick up your metabolism to help you burn that fat, burn those calories so that they don't come packing back on. Um, I wouldn't think of not working out now. Where when I first started, it's like, I don't know if I can do this. And that was my mindset. And then I would start, no, you have to do it. You have to push yourself. You've got to do it. And it was really hard. And it's hard now, too. I feel like um, he's about killing me some days. But he goes, Ken, how was your workout? And I, oh, that was great. I really liked it. And, you know, I'll just smile as I think what we just did. And, you know, and, and then he says, well, how do you feel? I says, ready to go <laughs> for the day. You know, it just, it doesn't exhaust me anymore. By the time we're done stretching out and that, I'm, I pop up on my feet and I'm ready to go. My favorite right now is doing the inchworm, and I'm trying to get so I can get my abs just about three, four inches off the ground before I've got to pull my feet up, and I'm probably eight inches off the ground <laughs> before i got to start pulling my feet up. As I do the inchworm, they're hard, but they really work the abs. And then he'll with um, he'll have a bar with weights on them, and I'll roll them out, and then you've got to pull them back. But he won't let me pull it back all the way to my abs. You just pull them part way back, and then roll them out again. So you've constantly got your abs tight. Uh-huh. So I mean, it's it's an abdominal workout, and while you're doing it, you're like. Oh my gosh! But I, now I can do them further. <laughs> yeah. I can roll out further, and I can do more of them. So, <laughs> well, right. oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that leads to my final question, which is, what does the future hold for you? Um, you know, obviously you're still, you know, still open to looking for new challenges. You're still striving for um, to see how far you can go and reach that, you know, quote unquote peak. Um, what about your, you know, the motivational speaking and, um, do you, would you ever, um, maybe do some sort of training to become a personal trainer or to work with people as well? What, what do you have planned for the future? Um, well, I'm, I had talked to the people that started Anytime Fitness and I told them that I really wanted to, um, um, work for them. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping that that'll open up. I will find out, um, they said when they had a talk that, um, they had their board meeting, there was like 26 people there and they asked them because I was their success story in 2011. They asked them to choose their favorite success story out of the 10 years that any time has been going. And Mark told me I got all first all of their first uh, place votes. So if they go with a success story as their spokesperson, I will get it. They haven't decided yet if they're going to go that way. So I've got my fingers crossed there because that would be awesome. Um, otherwise, I just enjoy encouraging people and letting them know, you know, it's not too late. I'm amazed at how many people that don't even know me that have written me or called me or emailed me and saying, I'm having this kind of issue. How did you get started? Help me. And so I've, I've written them. I've talked to them. I've um, gotten back to them on Facebook through email or however they read. I've, I've given them my phone number and told them, you know, if you need someone, I'm there for you. So I enjoy doing that. Dave has talked to me about being a trainer, you know, would you be interested in that? And I said, Dave, to this day, as I'm doing things, you're still telling me, get your back straight, you know, get 
get down deeper, you know, you're always correcting me. And so I said, I don't know that I would feel comfortable in training someone else because if I don't notice these little details, I wouldn't want somebody to get hurt and me to be responsible for that because I didn't go to school for that, and that's way different from my nursing. But I do enjoy, I could find, I'm at the club working out, and I can see somebody doing something, and I thought, oh, boy, Dave would yell at me for doing that. And I'll talk to him, you know, this is how Dave tells me to do it. And they're like, well, thank you, you know. And I've just developed a lot of friends there at any time now, too, so I've been able to help people that way. Um, I love doing the talking. That is just great um, if I can motivate people that that way. And it's just been amazing to me the amount of people that have called me and said, you know, you've gotten me going. And um, I just need to thank you for that because hearing your story and knowing it isn't too late, I'm younger than you. I can do this. So... I just feel that that's the way that the Lord is using me, and I'm just totally humbled by it. Well, I thank you for for giving me the past hour, because you're a remarkable woman, and uh, thank you so much for sharing your story. It was such an honor to speak with Betty Lou. I don't know if you've ever had this experience or not, but I know there are times when I wonder if I've neglected my body beyond repair, And hearing Betty Lou's story makes me appreciate the resilience the human body possesses and the awesome things it can do if you just give it a chance to get healthy and strong. You can find Betty Lou at her website, BettyLouSweeney.com. She is also on Facebook. I'll have the links to her site and Facebook page, articles about Betty Lou, and a video profile all posted on my site, EatSleepMove.com. And as always, you can go to eatsleepmove.com to leave any comments or questions you may have. If there's one thing that I've learned from doing these interviews, it's that when you make the decision to change your body, your whole life changes. For you, I hope you're doing well and are allowing yourself to be open to all the good things that await you. Thanks for listening to the Eat Sleep Move podcast. Find out more by visiting eatsleepmove.com.